Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, and then we'll read through Ephesians 5, 4. Are you ready? Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we were all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Everybody say, get a job. job. All right. Doing something that's useful with their hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We're going to read verse 30 all out loud, whatever version you have. Are you ready? Set. Go And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Chapter 5. For fellow for. Pardon me. Follow God's examples, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people nor should there be any, any obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Oh, we better go for verse 5. For this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Oh, the whole, right? It's all good. We could keep reading, but we'll stop there. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. Amen. You may be seated. Wow, what a text of Scripture. Has, uh, has anybody here, and I would venture to say there's a fair amount of you, anybody here been hurt before? I don't really like that too much at all. Um, but it's a universal thing. And we do have notes, and they are also on the app if you so desire those you can use them. No, I, I've been hurt. I think every person here has been hurt, and it is uh, something that that happens and hurt other people. I I had an interesting thing happen. Do, do you remember? I preached a message. God's people because the children of Israel not circumcised in the wilderness because their parents were rebellious. Do you remember that? And so they crossed over and they came to Gilgal and God the master strategist says, go ahead, uh, you need to circumcise everybody, which is not something a military strategist would, would plan on right before you go into battle. Not a bad idea to go hurt yourself real bad, real tender place. 
But covenant's important. And we, we talked about how God wants to remove things that'll hold us back from fulfilling our purpose and destiny. And some of those things we're aware of and sometimes we're not aware of stuff. And I shared just about nutritionally for me and I, I opened up my life and was transparent about how God dealt with me about addiction and how food had really gotten in the place of uh, where he wanted to heal me. And even though he had spoken to me and, and how God spoke to me and God was removing some of that and, and has done that and 70 pounds later I feel like I'm 22 years old. I felt like I was about 28 before that, now I'm 22. Anyway. And I also spoke about how uh, I was a mediator and have been in my family. I'm the youngest of two brothers, and I've been a mediator in my family forever. It's like the role I play. I'm the, I'm, I'm the peacemaker, just me. I was, I was the black sheep for a while, but then we got delivered. And then after that, you know, I was the mediator. Actually, before the black sheep, I was also the mediator. And then afterwards, I've become like the mediator. You're just kind of trying to work things between people, make it all work. And so we're going through a situation in the family, and I, I talked about how after getting through it, I had this deep sorrow. I couldn't put my finger on it. I mean, a, di a deep sorrow. I mean, I was grieved. I was hurting. And the Lord showed me a couple memories, and I prayed over those, and he healed me. Listen, hurtful memories and sorrow triggers when you find a trigger like when you blow your stack but somebody like didn't even really do anything wrong but you like lost it that's because you're wounded somewhere else and that thing was a trigger just to hit that place of of uh, gangrenous wounding on the inside of you, you gotta get healed of your gangrene you gotta you gotta forgive people you gotta invite jesus into that memory to heal you you know you know when that happened that thing and so I invited Jesus into those memories and prayed for myself, and the Lord touched me. And then I still had this sorrow, and I couldn't get over it. And so I prayed, and, and the Holy Spirit, I prayed in worship, and the Holy Spirit came down on me for about an hour, hour and a half, and just sucked that right out of my life. Just, it's gone. It, it's gone. It lifted. And I thought, well, that's awesome. I don't really have to know. Sometimes we can get hung up. Listen, we're really not all that bright. You know that. No matter how smart you think you are, you're really not all that smart. Okay. So... You don't have to, sometimes we get fooled and think, I got to know what that is. I have to know because then if I can know, you don't need to know. You just need to be healed. Amen. And if he can reveal it to you, if he wants to show you, great. So I had no idea and I just let go of knowing and whoosh, I got healed. So I picked Dr. Morocco up and um, we're driving and I tell him the story because I'm, he's my pastor. I tell him the story and he says, oh, I know what that was. I said, you do? He says, yeah. He says, as you were dealing with your family things and mediating, the great sorrow came because God has given you a great marriage. And the great sorrow came for what could have been in your family, but the enemy destroyed your parents' covenant. And, and I thought, holy cow, that's it. And I got touched again, and I just thought, that's amazing. I said, that's the Holy Spirit. He says, yeah. Yeah, the Lord just spoke to me about that. I said, yeah, he did. I mean, it blew my mind. And some of you got touched by what I just said. There's a sorrow in your heart for what happened in your family. And you're really not even that much in touch with it. You just sort of moved on. Well, you know, that's what happened. That's what happened in families, divorce. No, no, no. You need to get healed of that stuff. Now, we all grieve over things. And uh, it can be difficult. One of the most startling statements as I bring this to bear now to these texts that we read, is verse 30. And do not grieve 
the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. It's an unusual statement. It's a very unusual statement. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. When you read that statement, it begins to unlock, and, and others which we'll look at, it begins to unlock who you are as a believer. You, you have to understand this because if you live your life grieving the Holy Spirit all the time, you'll have no power, no fire. You won't see miracles. You won't see breakthrough. You'll be very unanointed. I mean, how'd you like to be married to somebody that's constantly hurting your feelings? You're like, I am. All right, well, you can be set free from that. <laughs> they can be healed. Come on. God saved you, translated you out of darkness and placed you in the kingdom, and you kicking them in the gut all the time through certain things. Okay. Shall we? All right. What does grieving the Holy Spirit say to us about the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, the Holy Spirit is at work in the life of believers in the fact that you're marked by him. And the text talks about that. I want you to go to Romans 8. The text talks about being marked, being sealed. It's a, it's a way of saying, oh, this is mine. Have you ever seen those wax seals on an old document or they, they roll a, a seal across wax and they seal the envelope? It's the seal of the seal of the king, a signet ring maybe. Uh, those are seals of ownership. The Holy Spirit is the seal of God's ownership upon your life. It says in Romans 8 verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. The, the, the theological treatise of Paul is the book of Romans. And the book of Romans has brought more revival than any other book in all of the Bible. We call them books or letters, epistles. Paul is, I mean, he's defining the Christian life along with the work of the Holy Spirit. That's how he defines the Christian life. When you give your heart to Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, comes and takes up residence on the inside of you. And that's different than the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is different, different message. That's being filled and like pickled. You take a cucumber, put it in a solution, let it soak, and that solution works through the entire, cu the entire cucumber, making it into a? Right, that's baptism. Holy Spirit filling you, coming upon you. The baptism of the Spirit's different than Him coming, taking up residence in your heart. There's whole messages on the website if you'd like to go and look at those. And I'm sure I'll preach on it again, but it's not the main focus of this, this message. The main focus of this message is stop punching the Holy Spirit in the gut. Stop grieving God. 
do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So we're marked with this Spirit. You're marked with Him when you gave Him your heart. And realize that the Holy Spirit's a person. He's a person. He's not an it. It's not a force. Those well-meaning, deceived people that ride bikes around and try to recruit for the kingdom. That's not the kingdom, and the Holy Spirit's not a force. Some of you will get that on the way home. He's, he's not an it. It's not a, the Holy Spirit's not a dove. He's a person. Let me read this to you. In John 14, you should turn there and underline this. John 14, starting in verse 16. When there's whole groups of people that talk about the Holy Spirit like he's some inanimate object. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's fully God. It's the third part of the Trinity. John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. He will be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Okay, the Advocate is another name for the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Truth, another name for the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept it. Does it say it? What does it say? The world cannot accept him. How would you like to be called it all the time? It's here. Cousin it. Verse 8. Uh, no, sorry. 17, thank you. Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, but it, ne it neither sees him nor knows him. There's him and him again. It's not it. But you know him, for he lives in you and will be with you. I mean, how many references in two verses can, can you possibly find? I mean, it's one, two, three, four, five, eight, six times, six times just in two verses in John 14 is clearly talking about a person. Amen. Clearly. Go to John 16. Listen, some of you need to see this because you don't have a relationship with him. John 16, verse 17, but very truly I tell you, It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send who? Is that an it right there? So who's he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit is who he's talking about. I will send him. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. What he's talking about. He's talking about the Holy Spirit as a person. So now back to Ephesians. What the Apostle Paul is saying is that you can grieve, you can, you can hurt, you can bring sorrow and pain to God. Because that's what the word grieve means. Come on, what does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? The Greek word for grieve is spelled right there. Lipeo, L-Y-P-E-O. Which means to cause sorrow, pain, or distress. So literally, 
literally, just like you can be hurt, you can be wounded, you, somebody can hurt your feelings. Anybody get their feelings hurt today? Did anybody else hurt someone's feelings? Sorry, honey. I already repented, so it's good. It's under the blood. It's under the blood. It's under the blood. So just like you can have your feelings hurt, just like someone can hurt your feelings, you can cause sorrow, pain, and distress to God. Now, nobody in their right mind would want to cause sorrow, pain, and distress towards the Lord. No one that loves God. If you want to cause sorrow, pain, and distress, there's somebody else that wants to do that. His name is Satan. And you're probably aligned with him. And, and you're, probably, you're probably demonized. And then you need to be set free. If you're angry at God and you want to get back at God, you have a demon that's tormenting you and you need to be delivered. Wasn't God's fault whatever happened. He's, well, 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 how come he didn't stop? There's evil in the world and people have a free will and there's the fallenness of mankind and we don't understand everything. I just settle it tonight that God is, God is good, devil. So this Greek word means to cause sorrow, pain, or distress. So we can grieve, we can cause sorrow, we can cause pain to the Holy Spirit on three different levels as I teach you this message. On a personal level, by the way in which you live. He said, oh, I wish Bubba was here because I, I know he's hurting God. Now I wish Bubba was here too. But thank God we're here to hear this. It's good, it's good to hear a message like this because you listen, you realize, oh, I think I've been hurting God. Oops, Lord, forgive me. On a personal level, by the way in which we live. Now, the passage really begins earlier. We didn't read all of these verses, but if you back up, I'm going to look at them. In verse 17 of chapter 4, Ephesians 4, verse 17, listen to this. So I tell you and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Wow. Go, go down to verse 22. You were taught, chapter 4, Ephesians 4, verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off, everybody say put off. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. I mean, I was just talking about thinking God's thoughts. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. He's saying, look, you guys, you're really new creatures. You're really brand new. Your sin has been washed away. Now stop thinking like the old guy. Stop behaving like the old guy. Start living like the new man. Put off the old guy. Stop. Stop the deceit. Stop the lust. Stop the greed. And he deals with it all because these are things that actually grieve the Holy Spirit. You want fire. You want power. You want anointing. You want revival. You're going to have to get this stuff out. You're going to have to cast it down. And you're going to have to walk in the newness and new, new thinking. You're going to live how God's intended you to be. You know, one of the most tormenting things I see as a pastor, and one of the most tormenting things I experienced prior to getting delivered, is to have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. To, to, to begin to, to take that sloppy agape, that, that, that neo-Calvinism, neo-Calvinism, hyper-grace stuff, and to say that you can just go ahead and do whatever you want and God still loves you. Well, yeah, he loves you, but you are grieving him, and you are separating yourself. And, and this says, we read it, we read it. Idolaters don't inherit the kingdom. Fornicators don't inherit the kingdom. And that's what some of you were. But you were 
washed. You were cleansed. Come on. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I mean, you read through that in Corinthians. It's just like, man, you wipe out the whole church until you come to redemption. And then that is the church. We've been delivered. We've been set free. Ah! Thank you, Lord. Washed in the blood. My gosh. My God. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. So we can grieve the Holy Spirit on three levels, on a personal level by the way in which we live. Wow. And we need to live the way that God's intended us to be. Now, I want you to go to verse 25 of Ephesians 4. Therefore. When, when you ever see therefore, you've got to ask what it's. Because you're a new creature in Christ, because God's Spirit lives on the inside of you, as a result of all, he says, therefore you must put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor. We're all members of one's body. He lists six things. Six things. And this first one, verse 25, put off falsehood. So six things that we should do. And some things that we should some things that we shouldn't do, some things that we should do. The first one, stop lying. <laughs> Come on, somebody say, don't lie. Yeah, don't lie. Instead, tell the truth. Quit lying. Amen. You know, you've heard me say it before. It's all funny and stuff sounds cute, but it's true. Liars go to hell. That's where liars go. You say, well, I can't help myself. No, yes, you can, because you have the Holy Spirit. And you need to change. You've got to, you've embraced God and his grace. So stop lying. You know, exaggeration is also lying. Come on, some of you fishermen know what I'm talking about. see, he's the spirit of truth. So when you lie, he's, he's grieved. You hurt him. You cause him pain. You cause sorrow. You say, well, I've been lying my whole life. Well, ask the Holy Spirit to break that lying spirit off of you. Amen. You know, I've, I've found that, that there's some people that just tolerate stuff that Jesus came to set them free from. Don't ever tolerate that which Jesus came to die and rose again from the grave for. There's, there's a number of people here, word of knowledge, uh, uh, two, that I can see. There's two people here that, that fall asleep every time you read the word. I mean, you open the Bible, you're instantly, I mean, you could have had a great night's rest in four shots of espresso, and when you read the word, <coughs> uh, uh, and then you start reading again. You know that that could be, everybody say could be, and many times is what I call a spirit of slumber. It's a demonic assignment that can come upon you to cause you to fall asleep so you don't get the word, so you don't get strong, so you don't mature. You need to come against that thing. Amen. Say, no, it's because I got sleep apnea. Well, you know, the keto diet also works. No, I'm teasing. Sort of. Come on, you can pre answer, answer an altar call. God can set you free. God is better than keto. Come on, somebody say Hallelujah. Second thing we see right here, listen, if you, if you lie all the time and you can't help yourself, then you need to be delivered. And you can answer the altar call at the end and have somebody pray for you and have that thing broken off of you. Don't lose your temper. Verse 26, in your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Well, I've preached on this so many times, but it's so pertinent. The Holy Spirit, I'm like, Lord, really? Yeah, he's like, yes. Because what's happening in our church is tremendous unity and a real release of God's power. And it's simply because 
these principles are being adhered to, but I know there's another level of agreement and another level he wants to bring you in in your home so you stop hurting, wounding, and causing God pain through the way in which you live. Myself included. I grieve the Holy Spirit today. I noticed it right away and repented. You know, for me, it's like when I, I get, whatever. I can make all kinds of excuses. I'm not going to make any to try to myself look better or whatever. Jesus, help me. And you can be like, oh, I was tired or I was hungry or I, uh, 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 uh. whatever. You blew it. Oh, I blew it today. And so like after I blew it, it was just like, it's like the Holy Spirit. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, and then, you know, you repent to whoever you wounded to, and then it's like, oh, I'm good. I, I can't live without the Holy Spirit. He's saying in your anger, be careful because I'm become the sin. You say, what about my righteous indignation? First of all, God is the only one that has righteous indignation because he's the only one that's truly righteous because we still have a fallen human nature. But you can, you know, anger does purge. It does purify. Listen, there's certain things and rules in my house as my kids were growing up, and we still have them. Um, you don't violate those. You don't violate those. I'm going to get angry. And you're going to get you're going to get chastised, right? So he goes, well, I don't want that. That's right. You don't want that. Now, at times, I've gone overboard a little bit. Don't look at me like I'm an abuser. I'm not an abuser, but you know, we all have flesh. You can get too angry for the for the crime. You understand? And then you have to repent for that. And I've had to do that with my kids, and they'd be like, "Oh, well, you better not do it again, Dad." You know? No, I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> Some, some of you think that God's not some of you think that God is not angry, don't, that God doesn't get angry. No, God, God gets angry. Some, some of you have a faulty view. If your view of who God is is distorted, you will live a distorted life. So you have to understand, yeah, I, I know God's in a good mood. I've said all that. He's happy. Yes. Zephaniah 317, he rejoices over you. Yes, 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 all those things. However, however. God's wrath was placed upon his one and only son. The very word propitiation means to avert wrath. So a wrath, a judgment that was headed towards somebody because of their sin was averted. That's God's wrath, that's justice that's coming towards you is averted by the death of God's one and only begotten son. Don't tell me God doesn't get angry. He does and his anger was released upon Jesus in his death. And then because he was sinless, the resurrection and fulfillment of so many scriptures. But you're not God. And, and yeah, hallelujah, come on, somebody say thank you, Jesus. And you can get angry over things, and it can, God can use anger in a good way. But if you've got to put a time limit on it, and you can go overboard. In your anger, don't sin. Don't let your temper get a hold of you. Some of you, you know, you, you grew up, you grew up in a home that was filled with anger. Your father was angry. And some of that was, a, a, right, assigned to you, or, or, or your mother was an angry person. And as you, if you grow up in a home like that, it marks you, and it does things on the inside of you, because kids can't really discern that. A parent's just angry, and because they've allowed, oh, you know, we need to leave the, read the rest of the verse. And do not, verse 27, are you all there? Chapter 4, verse 27, Ephesians. 
And do not give the devil a foothold. I've taught you on this before. Leave it up. Foothold is topos. How many of you like, you know what a topo map is? Yeah, that gives elevations and stuff like that. So topos, don't give the devil a foothold. How many of you know what a base camp is? When you go to, you go to um, my brother's trying to recruit me to climb Mount Whitney in July. I, I, I don't know. But it's a 14er. It's a big, it's a big mountain. And uh, they got to get to a base camp. And then you do a series of hikes right there. Uh, it's for older guys, I guess. So you can adapt and you can get more red blood cells. So when you get up to 14,000 feet, you don't get whatever pulmonary something or other that we can ask one of the doctors in the house. You know, you get sick. And you get, you get, you know, you lack of oxygen, so on and so forth. The word topos, it's, it's like when you allow for anger to, to, to stay on your life and it turns into bitterness, you give the devil a topos, you give him a foothold, you give him a base camp. You become a base camp for the devil. No, that's just my personality. I get, well, you need to get delivered. It's not personality. It's anger. And it's probably the same demon your daddy had. I'll be right back. Amen, pastor. That's awesome. Whoa, I never thought about that. Or your mom. I'm not trying to pick on your family. I'm just saying that if you've got it in your life like that, that, that explosive anger. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's just like, some of you know about blacking out when you're angry. That's a demon. If you can get so angry that you can't see anymore, it's a demon. How do you know about that? I know about it. Well, let me ask you this question. And you don't have to raise your hand, but if you want to, you can. How many of you grew up in an angry home? I'm raising mine. All right. So you might find that thing operating in your life. I've had to come against that in my life. Why? Because it grieves the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean you don't get angry. It means you set a time limit on it. Look at verse 28. Quit ripping people off. <laughs> don't steal. Verse 28. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer. Must get a job. That's my version but must work doing something useful with their hands so they may have something to share with those in need. Some people steal because they have an entitlement concept. They just feel like I, it's owed to me. It's owed to me. It's owed to me. See, they have all that and I don't have anything and I'm just going to take it from them. There's a, whole, there's a whole culture of that. What kind of bunk is that? You know, the government, my relatives, well, they got a nice car so I can... What? Now, God made you to work, son. He made you to work, ma'am. Now, you say, well, I'm handicapped. Okay, well, I'm not talking about that. There's handicapped. There's people that are not able. I'm not talking about that. And let me say this. If I ever say something that's not biblical, I didn't mean that. I try to give myself back, back, back doors for folks to let folks out. If you're handicapped and you can't work, well, Praise God for a system that can help you. But if you can, get a job, for God's sake, you lazy. You know, Paul says this. Paul says in Thessalonians, he says, don't even spend any time with anybody that doesn't work. Don't spend time with them because, because it'll bring defilement is basically what he's saying. Bad company corrupts good character. Right? So if you spend time with lazy, lazy gets up on you. You spend time with lusty, lusty gets up on you. 
But you know, the same is true if you spend time with diligent, anointed, faith-filled people of vision and power and prayer. It can also get on you. That's why I like hanging out with that. Oh, I'll minister to folks, but my... But my up-close personal crew are on fire, full of faith, walking, not grieving God, filled with vision, filled with prayer. I don't want to walk with people that are constantly punching the Holy Spirit in the gut. I don't like it. It's my best friend. Hurts my feelings. I take it personally. If I, my mom taught me that. My mom taught me a lot of stuff. My mom, my mom used to say, when somebody takes the, Lord, the Lord's name in vain... She would say, blessed be God, blessed be his holy name. So if somebody said, oh, you know, Jesus. You say, bless God, blessed be his holy name. And they look at you like, what? And I've, had, I've done that. I just used to do it out of habit all the time. I mean, like, wherever I am, somebody takes the Lord's name in vain. And I would say, blessed be God, blessed be his holy name. I mean, it sounds sort of religious. But, man, people look at you like, what? I, I, tried, a, I tried a newer approach. Which is somebody takes the Lord's name in vain and said, hey, man, it's my best friend. Don't talk to him about it like that. Don't do that. People are like, well, you know, obviously you don't do it with somebody who's going to pull a gun out and shoot you. But, I mean, I'm just saying, you've got to have discernment. How I many of you know taking the Lord's name in vain, that's breaking the, some of the Ten Commandments. How I many of you know you'd be grieving the Holy Spirit right there? You've got to work. You've got to learn to work and, 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 and not, not be lazy. The purpose of, some people think the purpose of life is to hang out. Can I, I got news flash for all of you snowflakes. <laughs> news flash. The purpose of life is not hanging out. Amen. Say it with me. The purpose of life is not hanging out. That's exactly right. Fourthly. Don't use your mouth for evil, but use it for good. 29. We're talking about grieving the Holy Spirit. Six things to, to not do and to do that, that will help you not to grieve the Holy Spirit and, and consequently help you to welcome Him in on another level in your life. Don't use your mouth for evil, use it for good. Verse 29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't use your mouth for evil. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander with every form of malice. This is the next one, five. Don't be unkind, you meaner. Don't be a hater. Be kind, be gracious. Don't be bitter. Don't be filled with wrath. Stop. That's not where you come from. That's not who you are. That's what he's saying. He's saying you're the redeemed of the Lord. He's saying you're new creatures in Christ. You're not supposed to behave like that. Get rid of it. Everybody say, get rid of it. Don't joke about sex. I said, don't joke about sex. What are you talking about? I'm talking about verse 3 of chapter 5. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. So 
I'm going to use vernacular that shoots way above the heads that are older folks in an attempt to reach a generation that is clueless about what I'm saying. So, what's our age? We get, what age are we in here? Children's church is somewhere else. Good. All right. Well, I'll still shoot high, okay? Sex, sex is to take place inside of marriage. That's where it's to happen, right? And I talked about this recently. There's celibacy and there's, there's, that's that abstinence. Maybe you're in a season of singleness or maybe you're gonna be celibate your whole life. Marriage is, is one of the most incredible gifts that God has given mankind. And, and it's for a number of reasons. There's three reasons for it. Listen, if you don't talk about stuff like this in church, I mean, where are you gonna get it from, the internet? Don't, don't go searching for stuff on the internet about what we're talking about. You get all defiled. There's three reasons. Three reasons for sex. One, and I would say one of the most, they're, they're all important, but, but it's important. Oneness. Oneness. It's man, man and wife. The two should become one. It's a mystery, but, but when you get married, you're made one. And that act of that union in intimacy under the covenant of forever because that's how important you are. You see, you're so important, so special that that act should only take place in a, in, under a covenant that's till death do you part. That's how significant that is. You say, well, I've blown it. I understand. You can be healed and you can have your virginity restored. Separate message. So oneness is crucial. It, in fact, there's no greater... I don't think there's any greater spiritual warfare that can take place. It's, a, it, it's an act of worshiping the Lord in a way, really. Listen, I, I know some of you are like squirming in your seat, and I'm, I'm being trying to be very um, judicious and sensitive on the topic. But, but the Lord, the Holy Spirit, some of you grieve the Holy Spirit right there. Because you still think of it as as S-E-X. You still think of it as something that's perverse. There's a perversity about it. And so then you, you use your spouse as an object of lust. Oh, I am preaching so stinking good right now. Oh, this is in-your-face preaching. You use your spouse as an object of lust. And that should never, ever be that way. So oneness. Two for kids. Somebody say hallelujah. Yeah, this is what, God, listen, God, God, God could have brought children any different way, but he chose this as the way to do it. It's kind of unique, very unusual. I'm going to brag on my daughter for a second. I think, what was she, 10? That's too early for the talk. You understand? Birds and the bees, 10, too early. Everybody understand that? You don't understand that? Okay, I'm telling you, 10's too early. But you got to be sensitive of when that is, because because I don't want somebody else having the birds and bees talk with my kids. And they didn't. I was able to bring that in the holiest and most beautiful way. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. It was, there was some humor involved. We're riding home. Hannah's 10 or 11 years old. And uh, we're talking about, oh, someone on so-and-so is pregnant. And we're like, oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And Hannah goes, yeah, I know how babies happen. I look in the back seat. I'm like, right. So we're driving home. About a week goes by, someone else is pregnant. I think it's when we're having like babies everywhere. It's a church crowd. 
And she says, oh, I, I, know how, I know how babies are made. She says, from the back seat of my Chevy. That's before I got anointed and got a Dodge. Anyway, I... Okay, all right, I love you too. And so I heard her say it the second, I said, that's two times within one week, and it registered. I said, oh, I said, what? She said, I know how babies are made, Dad. I said, okay, how? She goes, awkward, or whatever she said. I don't know what she said. So we drove home, we got home, we got, as soon as we got in the house, I said, okay, Hannah, I, I heard you, I heard you, so I want to know how. She goes, what, Dad? I said, oh, no, you're going to tell her. So I said, we, we headed back to the master bedroom which is where all the big talks happen. I don't know how it is in your house. But we sit on the edge of the bed. And there we are, sitting on the edge of the bed. I said, okay, tell me. She says, Dad, it's like, I, I don't know. I, I'd rather show you. I was like, all right. No, that's kind of like, I was like a little nervous. I'm thinking, what are you thinking? What are you saying? That's because we've been through so much stuff in the world. It's the innocence of a 10-year-old. I said, okay. She, she goes, okay. And she runs off. She runs off. She gotta get, I gotta get stuff. I gotta get my books. She comes back with, I think there's four books, okay? There's a My Body book, which is for little girls to teach them about their body at that age. It's age appropriate. She has an encyclopedia, and she has some other reference book. Uh, I think there was four books. I can't remember. She says, well, here's what happened, Dad. I was reading this, and I came to this part right here, and I started wondering what that was. So... I looked in the encyclopedia and I cross-referenced it and I found this. And so I cross-referenced that back here and I saw this and so that's how I know. And I thought, oh wow, geez. I mean, uh, gotta watch out for smart kids. That sex has become It's not holy anymore. Well, in my house it is. But it's not in our culture. I heard, some, I heard some young adults, and I love our young adults. I love our young adult culture that's being formed. There's heroes and champions being raised up. But there's a pollution that's in there. And I, I heard some young adults, you know, talking, and I had to find out what it meant. This pretty girl walking by, and some youth, some young adult person, God hit that. And I know, I'm like, and you know, I could see the eyes and all that. I'm thinking, I could guess what that means, you know. And then I heard it again. And, I, and, then, I, and then I heard, and then I heard a, a young adult say, or, or a youth or something, oh, that's the kind you hit and quit. When I realized actually what was being communicated, it grieved me profoundly. And I thought, my God, what has happened in our culture? By the way, the third thing, it's oneness, children. Number three, God's purpose for sex. I kind of went off on a tangent here, but it's only quarter to nine, so it's all good. Right, we're going to midnight, isn't that right? I'm almost done. The third reason is for pleasure. Listen, God is the, is the, the author of it. 
the devil's not the author of pleasure. And there's people that have been so twisted in their mind about it that it's not supposed to be enjoyable at all. So you just, you know, we have to have kids, so let's just get it done and be done. That's not a biblical concept. You know, God could have made it a real, a real form of suffering, and then you'd have to do that. To, that's not what he did. Are you guys okay? I think some of you are, I see beads of sweat going across some people's foreheads. So don't joke about sex. That's my point. Sex is not entertainment. It's a righteous, holy, ordained thing by God Almighty. And it is one of the most beautiful, special things. That, and, the, and the devil has pushed that to make it entertainment. You need to break that thing. And I will tell you something, it concerns me deeply when I hear people talk, when I'm talking with people, whatever, and they're crack a sex joke, buddy, don't ever do that in front of me because I'll be correcting you if you're a believer. If you're not, I'll be witnessing to you, whatever. I mean, you can drop F-bombs, do whatever you want if you're an unbeliever. We'll hang it out. It doesn't grieve me a bit. I'm, not, I'm like zero grieved about somebody talking about whatever when they don't know the Lord. Just about. You know, it starts getting defiling that I'm, you know, but a believer that talks like that? Are you going to get used to it? I'm just saying, hang around me. I love you. I'm going to correct you. I will get up in your face and I'll say, stop that. What are you talking about? And if you're living in sin, you need to quit it. Stop it. Because you're destroying your life and you're grieving the Holy Spirit. You wonder where the power of God is. You wonder where the freedom is. You wonder where the joy is. You don't have any of it. You keep going to church and living a life of compromise, but you're constantly punching God in the gut. You're constantly grieving him, and he's trying to bring you in to set you on fire. I will tell you, the power of the Holy Spirit of walking in freedom with him. God, there's no comparison to that. All right, so don't joke about sex. Use your mouth to, to build people up. Give thanks. Everybody say, give thanks. Okay, we can grieve the Holy Spirit as a church. We can grieve the Holy Spirit as a church. You say, how is that? Through unholiness. Through unholiness. Now, I'm, I'm mindful that everybody's at different levels in the Lord. You know, we're all growing. Anybody, anybody growing in Christ? Okay. And so I understand that when people come into the church and, and you know, that they're, they're growing in their relationship with the Lord and sanctification, the process by which we reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ, walking like He does, and, he, and he, it's never-ending. It's like the movie credits. They just keep going. It seems like they never end. God, God is constantly correcting and instructing you so that you become more like Him. Amen? And as you obey, then you, you, you walk in greater power, you walk in greater authority, you walk in greater anointing, and he, and he moves you forward. But if you try to, you know, if you try to just stop, and you stop that growth, and you allow for your drug addiction, you allow for the thing that He's convicted you of to continue in your life, then you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Now let me just tell you something. If that's allowed at the level of the platform, Minister Michael, all my worship people, all my, all my small group leaders, all my ministry leaders, if that's allowed at a leadership level, you will have very, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will be grieved in the church. And I'll just tell you that if the if senior pastor or somebody at the head of that thing is poisoned, you will find that there is no oil in that place. So, is that here? I listen. I contend. If you if if you if you if you mess up, we'll forgive you. You're on my staff. You're fired. 
Why is that? Because we can't allow that. We don't do that. We don't just wink at sin. Oh, that's all right. Now, we all, we all stumble in many ways. I'm talking about adultery. I'm talking about things that will destroy your life. You can't stay in leadership and have those issues. Oh, in the world, in your company, maybe. But I'm telling you, it'll affect your performance. It'll affect, it, it'll affect the anointing on your life to produce what God did in the marketplace. I love what Brother Paul said the other night. He went home on Christmas and found that he ripped off a, a game by accident. So when he found out that he ripped off the game from Walmart or wherever it was by accident, he said, I got to take it back. I got to take it back now. I ain't cursing my finances for 60 bucks. What a profound thing. Well, how about don't curse your life for any porn. Don't curse your life for it. Don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And as a church, I am going to get up in your face and I'm going to say it. And I will tell you that I have people leave because I talk about same-sex marriage. It's not of God. I'll never endorse it. Take the 501c3 and smoke it. You can do whatever you want. I ain't changing my mind because I know what the Word says. I'm not going to cow down to that. I'm not nervous about it. Going to preach against sin. Going to preach holiness, fire, and anointing. There's no other way to serve God. There is no other way. I see nothing in the Word that says that you can have a half-baked life. Where you can live and compromise and, and, and not grieve the Holy Spirit. That's not what it says. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. So as a church, you want to see miracles, signs, and wonders in your life. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. As a church, you can grieve Him. There are churches that don't even know there is a Holy Spirit. For fear of offending people. Listen, I love you. We'll do anything we can for you. Well, I'll offend you every day of the week with the Word of God. If the Word of God offends you and it bothers you, then you need to change, not me. I'm not the one with the problem. I'll try to get as much sugar and honey over the top of that thing, but I'm going to say it. Why? Because there's a greater judge that I'm going to stand before than you. That's why. I'm going to stand before the judge of all. And we all are. Pastor Vincent says that we, that we are held to a higher account. I don't like that scripture. But it's true. Disunity, I'm almost done. Disunity, chapter 2, verse 18 of Ephesians, chapter 4, one spirit. Disunity, if you allow for disunity. I said this before, I got a zero strife policy in my home. I have a zero strife policy in the church. And I have a zero disunity policy. If there's somebody causing strife or disunity, we will help you. Resolve it. Listen, and just go to the source. Don't be talking out of your neck. Confront one another. Love one another. Love one another to say something to them. And love, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. But if there's backbiting and talk, listen, leaders, you all know, you correct it. You stop that thing. Stop it. And anybody can talk to me. You want my phone number? 907-982-1155. Call me. It might take me a day to get, a day to, get to your message. Save your, your tower dream at 3 a.m. Don't call me at 3 a.m. for that. If somebody needs something at 3 a.m. and you need a miracle, you can call me. Death is on the line. I'm ready to rock. I just gave you my phone number. I, I, they, they, they always tell you, don't ever do that because you'll be worn out. I ain't going to get worn out because the second I do, I'll turn my phone off and get refreshed. You can call Pastor Vince. His number is 907. All right. Disunity. Confront stuff. If you have a question about why we take an offering or why the, 
lights are down or why the lights are up or why we have brown window shades or why do we have plastic seats or why, why aren't we in the building yet or how come we don't get new carpet? Why do we have new carpet? Why do we serve coffee? The, the pagans, they, they drink coffee. Why do you celebrate birthdays, Christmas and Christmas trees and Easter eggs and everything? I'll answer all your questions with the love of God. There's an answer for all of it, but don't you sow disunity because you didn't like it. <laughs> You can let the door hit you on the way out. Don't cause disunity here. And that's why the Holy Spirit's moving. He wants to. He longs to. But with disunity and sin, he won't move. But why? Because he's grieved. He's in sorrow. He's in pain. I'm almost done. In a church, how you can grieve the Holy Spirit by not teaching truth. You don't teach truth, and you're not going to have any outpouring of the Spirit. D, I'm almost done. When he's not welcome in church. Somebody once told me, you know, Pastor, the word has got to have preeminence. I said, not true. He said, no, yes, the word has to be first. I said, the word is not first. Now, some of you are looking at me like, oh, you, you have crossed over now, son. You have crossed over. It's the Holy Spirit that has preeminence. See, because if God wants to do something in a congregation and you, because you worked 20 hours on your message, you have to bring your message because you worked 20 hours. But God wants to touch people in a way that's outside of your message at that particular time and you're not sensitive to that. And you're grieving him. You're hurting him. You're causing sorrow. Don't, don't listen. Those of you that are pastors and ministers, and we've got pastors that are online and pastors that listen to this and you know, small group leaders, so on and so forth, even in your home, you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. And there's churches that, that don't even know that there is one. So you have to welcome Him. You know, we, that's why I say all the time, Oh, Holy Spirit. When's the last time you talked to the Holy Spirit? When He's not welcome in church, He's a gentleman. He'll, get, he'll take whatever He can take. I'm almost done. Lastly, when we ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, or don't want his fullness in his life, we grieve him. I want to go to another level of welcoming his presence in my life, in this house. And some of you don't have power and you're stuck because you're constantly grieving him. So just stop. Stop it. Get some help. Review this message. Put a guard over your mouth. Quit lying. Get a job. If you can Begin to talk to the, ask the Holy Spirit to come on. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Yeah. I need, I want you, I need you, Lord. Holy Spirit, won't you come tonight? fresh rain come like fire Holy Spirit you're here tonight and 
you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And you're like, I need that and I want it. Come to the front, all the way up to the front. You're here tonight. Uh, the spirit of slumber is something that is attacked to you in your life. You realize you fall asleep every time you read the word and you realize, man, I think I might have that. If that's you, come all the way to the front. You're here tonight and you're like, man, I, I just want to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I, I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want to cause God sorrow, and I, and I do. There's some, there's some here, and um, you just curse all the time. You want God to help you with that. Come on, everybody. Would you stand up on your feet and begin to lift your hands and lift your voices before the Lord? Pastors, ministers, would you come and minister to these? Holy Spirit. Lord, we don't want to grieve you. Come on, just pray right now for them. Quickly move, pastors and ministers, quickly. Holy Spirit, come. Break off any bondage. That spirit of slumber, I command to go. Lord, release your power. Baptize these afresh. Be filled right now. Holy Spirit, come right now. Holy Ghost, come. Holy Spirit right now, fill, touch, heal, deliver. right now. Come just stand over here. Go pray for you. That's it. Come lift your hands right, right here. Right in here. Lift your hands high. God's going to free you. God's going to free you from that thing. In the name of Jesus. I need an usher, please. Just one line. Holy Ghost, come. Wow. Alright, two lines then. Can we put the second line back just a little bit if we can? Thank you. Awesome. The Lord's going to set you free from the effects of anger and rage. You're going to find yourself with a greater freedom. It's going to take out that sliver. It's like, it's like I, see, I see like a sliver of glass just pierced through your heart. It happened when you were a small boy or a small girl. and You took it as your own. But really it was a... That rage is passed down from generation to generation. You might have find yourself struggling with it even in your own life. The Lord is going to heal you and set you free right now. Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, all of you that are looking for that prayer, I want you to say, say, Lord. Come on, say, Lord, forgive me for losing my temper. 
for getting angry in ways that are inappropriate. And Father, I forgive the wounds that were inflicted on my life through those who hurt me through their rage. I forgive them. And I ask you now, come on, I ask you now to heal me and free me from the effects of their anger and their rage. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. 
of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, all across this place, there's a couple moments left. There's an army rising up. Jesus. There's an army rising up. There's an army, there's an army rising up. Break every chain, break every chain. recent months and your eyes are being opened even to the calling and the purpose that is for you I've made you says the Lord it's true I knit you together even when you were in your mother's womb and I've called you by name the sensitivity of your heart and the giftings that I've placed within you are being brought to the surface God has made you a wonderful friend and I see how you stand in the gap for so many I see how you're willing to give of yourself even to your own harm. The Lord is going to equip you as you give yourself to this season of training and discipleship, and that is the season you're in. I'm equipping you, I am training you, and you are becoming a great woman of God. And what the enemy meant for evil, I'm going to cause to be a strength on the inside of you, and you're going to have 
apples of gold and settings of silver through your speech. I'm releasing wisdom from the throne to you for those around you. I'm giving you a gift of counsel, says the Lord. Even in the areas that the enemy tried to trip you up, you will be used mightily to be a deliverer. I'm putting a mantle of deliverance upon you, even for this generation, and to cause peace and order and structure, not only in your own life, but those that you minister to. Holy Spirit, come right now. I hear those chains falling. I hear those chains falling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear those chains falling. In Jesus' name, they cannot say no. I hear those chains falling. Devil, you gotta go.
ask him to forgive you for grieving him. If you've been in sin, been living a life of fornication, living with your girlfriend, living with your boyfriend, doing things that you know are not right, repent. Repent. Ask him to forgive you and change. Set your life up. Come on. You just don't know who you are. You're the redeemed. You're washed. You're cleansed. You're a new creature. You're not, you're not, you're not like a pagan. Sex is a holy thing. Get set free. Cleanse from the former things. Now used for God's noble purposes. Holding out the word of truth, shining like stars in the firmament. Make us like that, O oh God. Pure, holy, holiness unto the Lord. Holiness matters. Not in some stiff, stupid, religious, separated from intimate walk with you. Holiness. You're drawn to it. Humility. Christ-likeness. That we might see this region turn to God in a great outpouring. Holy Spirit, have your way. Make a commitment to serve Jesus. Pray whatever prayer you want to. Repent. Make him your Lord and your Savior. Believe on the Lord and you shall be saved. Lord, bless your people tonight. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. God bless you. We're hopeful to see you again.